Tyler. Oh, hi. Big things are happening in the streaming world. Are they? Yeah. AT&T is uh, splitting off Warner Media. Oh, yes, I did read about this. And, yeah, which is, I, apparently a lot of people say this is really good. Because um, maybe AT&T wasn't the greatest. That comes as a shock to not me. No, I don't think anyone. Um, but yeah, they are merging it with Discovery Inc. The Discovery Channel folks. That's which, that's a weird merger, but all right. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, this seems like it's... A lot of creators are really happy about this, because apparently... The Discovery people are way more creative-friendly than AT&T was, so maybe that's a good thing? It could be. I don't see it in this article, but I was reading it somewhere else that uh, there's a fucking clause in their deal here where if uh, AT&T backs out last minute... Right. And there's like, it's like a $40 billion penalty fucking buyout fee. Really? Yeah, it was stupid huge. I was like, holy shit. Like, you would almost want, like, if the deal, like, if the deal doesn't go through, Discovery still comes out like a fucking champion. Yeah, no shit. Wow. Yeah, it was huge. That is crazy. Yeah, I don't remember what it was. Yeah, and AT&T originally bought Time Warner for $85 billion, like, four years ago. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, half of the purchase price as a penalty is fucking crazy. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this, like, what this means at the end for everybody. I think it almost seems like they're maybe just going to kind of... Maybe it'll be one home for all of these things. Because it says, so Warner Media includes HBO, CNN, TNT, TBS, and HBO Max. And then the Discovery is just Discovery Plus. Mm-hmm. And HGTV, Discovery Channel, Animal Planet, Food Network, and TLC. So it seems like this will just be one big service with all of that i think well i'm like and i'm reading some articles where they haven't clarified if they're going to put everything under one streaming service or not oh god just yeah i I know but they did say that once they're merged they plan on spending about 20 billion a year in con on content okay but they don't know if they're going to merge them all it also has some other details here, which I thought was interest, where it gives like basically a rough subscriber count for companies with Dis- with Netflix sitting at two hundred and eight million, Amazon at two hundred million, and Disney sitting at one hundred and fifty nine million. Yeah, which is wild that Netflix and Prime have been around for probably close to a decade. I would say at this point, yep. Disney's been in the game for two years, and they almost have the same subscriber count. But I think if I think if you look at how Disney did it, I think it totally makes sense because, like, 
a Disney Plus is like if you have kids, that's the one that you probably want to subscribe to, right? Mm-hmm. So that's going to instantly get that audience in the door. And then they also started out by launching that platform with really good high budget original content that people watched right so like they didn't just like slowly roll it out like you see like paramount plus has been around for like a year and now they're finally starting to get this original content disney plus launched and was like oh bt dubs in a month we're launching with a star wars series that everyone loved right yeah but yeah yeah, hopefully this just means a big merging, but I mean... And this also, like in this article where people are kind of saying this is good, apparently maybe some of that day and date movie stuff for HBO Max isn't going to happen now. Mm. So they're saying, it says here, Deadline is uh, hearing rumors that like Dune, which was, those people were not happy about the day and date uh like hbo max thing or saying that like that's apparently just not going to happen now which i guess makes sense if they're more creator focused and the creators don't want that then they're just like all right you don't want to do that we won't do that well this brings up a question to me like let's be honest the majority of these fucking hollywood actors they're not doing this just because they love acting it's a fucking good payday i'm sure lots of them enjoy what they do but at the end of the day, they're not making indie films for $10,000 a film. They're making Hollywood blockbusters and getting paid fucking tens of millions of dollars. Yeah. So at the end of the fucking day, because most actors, unless they're like super smart and get in early on a franchise kind of thing, they don't get any of the back end. They go, here's no. your acting fee. This is what you get. That is, yeah. I would say, probably 90% of Hollywood deals is you're an actor, you sign on. This is what you're guaranteed, and then that's the end of the fucking story, right? Yeah, unless you're a big name, then you're usually getting some sort of the box office, but... Yeah, but that's not a very common thing. No. You gotta be, like, big, big, big time to get a piece of the fucking... To negotiate a piece of the box office. Oh, or, yeah. or franchise shit, or, you know, toys stuff. Anyway, so if you're an actor and you're guaranteed 10 million... Like, let's say you're in fucking Dune. Let's say you're Til- Timothy Chalamet, right? He's the one in Dune? Yeah. That right? Let's say you're Tim. Let's say you signed on to do Dune and they're like, all right, we're going to pay you $10 million for this. Okay, cool. Sounds good. You film the movie. You get your $10 million check. Why the fuck do you care if it's day and date? I don't think it's the actors. I think it's the directors. Okay. Why do the fucking directors give a shit if it's day and date if they're going to make the same money either way? I don't know. Like, it sounds to me like it goes to this, like, whole preachy Steven Spielberg bullshit where it's like, movies belong in theaters. That's where they belong. Yeah. And it's like, I get it. It's like, hey, it's 2021. Maybe no? Yeah. And it's like you're talking to two guys that love the theater experience. So, at the same time, also like the at-home stuff. So... Yeah, well, that's just it. Don't get me wrong. I fucking love the theater experience. But as we've talked about it time and time and time again, it's not indicative for everyone to have a theater experience. No, no. So they wait. They wait until it comes out on a platform, a streaming platform where they already pay a monthly fee. So they're not paying anything for your movie before they actually get an opportunity to watch it. You day and date, you give the option to both. Right, like fucking Cruella just came out on Disney Plus the other day. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that thing, like 39 bucks to unlock it in Canada. 
and I bet they've made a fucking killing off of it. Oh, I yeah. bet they've made a ton oh, yeah. of money. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't really have, like, I'm not dying to see Cruella. I mean, I probably will eventually. But, like, you know there's families that are like, perfect. I don't have to spend $100 at the theater. I'll pay 40 bucks, unlock this for the kids, get some popcorn, watch it as a family. Yep. Problem yep. solved. Yeah. I, I think the, the benefits far away it. And, like, especially, like, what I find is, like, if something pops up on VOD that stay in date with, like, a theater one, if it's, like, a movie that maybe I wouldn't have paid in the theater, because I'm like, eh, I don't know that I really want to go out and spend the money and watch that, because maybe it's not that good. I would totally, like, having that at home is like, oh, I'll check this out on a Friday night. Like, I think there's, you get more people that maybe normally wouldn't watch it, watch it, so... Well, and I think a, I think what a lot of people don't tend to realize when this day and date argument comes up is like, yeah, sure. Like if you're living in L.A. or you're living in New York, you're living in any metropolitan area, especially in the U.S. Yeah. You fucking throw a rock in any direction and hit three movie theaters. Yeah. Like inside of five miles of my parents place in Arizona. Mm-hmm. There's like seven fucking movie theaters that I can go to that are all within five miles of their house. Yep. And that's not even in Phoenix. That's like outside in like the Mesa area. Yep. There's fucking theaters everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. And sure, like in those instances, it works. But when you're like in the more rural areas, you might have to fucking drive 30 minutes before you can get to a theater. I and do. That, that theater might be a small one. It might not be playing what you want to see. It might not yep. be a big theater. So it might not get these big releases because as you know with the big big releases star wars and those kind of things they make you sign deals where that's all you fucking show for at least x amount of weeks right yep Yep. so like that doesn't bode well for a lot of smaller theaters who are like hey man like we don't have a lot of people coming in here i can't just have star wars playing for 10 straight fucking weeks occupying one of the only three screens i have in here yep yeah, the logistics of it, like, I specifically remember having to figure that out of, like, okay, we've got to have this big blockbuster day one, okay, and we've got to have it for a month, but then in three weeks, another blockbuster is coming, so, okay, what do we got to skid on screen two? And it's, like, so then inevitably you get shit that people can't watch because you don't have the room for it, right? Yeah, exactly. So, like, you couple all those together and, like, staying theatrical just isn't conducive for like most people's lifestyles right like i mean like you said like 30 minutes for you to get to a theater same thing for me yep but i mean let's say you lived a little further away from where we live right like in a in like a pinoca or lacombe right you're either an hour to edmonton to see a flick or you're 45 minutes to red deer to see a flick yep so on a friday night not many people want to drive an hour to go see a two-hour movie and then drive home for another hour exactly so it's and i think like the the argument of like the, you're not going to get more people to watch your movie just because it's in theaters like that's not going to be the people that were going to stay home anyway are still going to stay home they're still not going to drive to the theater no and if you day and date it on a streaming service you'll probably get a large chunk of those people that are like oh hey now i'll check that out like it's you're gonna make more money yeah so it's well, I, I know my parents are that way. They go to the theater like maybe twice a year. Yeah. And other than that, they just wait for it to hit a streaming platform. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think this is one of those stupid like old guy mentalities that is still around of like, oh no, we have to have the fucking blockbuster experience. You've got to see this on the big screen. And it's like, 
Motherfucker, what if I told you that the home theater that I invested during the pandemic plays it just as good and looks just as good and sounds just as good? I got that experience at home. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's like... Yeah. Yeah. But I, I hope they put all of this shit in one place because I think we've talked about it before. Stop fucking segregating all of the shit you own into different platforms. Yeah, the streaming fragmentation is getting a little out of hand. And it was exciting in the early days because it's like everyone was complaining about paying $200 a month for fucking cable, but there was only like 10 channels they watched, but they all had to be part of exclusive packages so they could watch the shows that they want and da da da. Like I fell into that trap, right? Like I only wanted FX and HBO, but in order to get those, I needed basic cable for 50 bucks. And then the HBO package was $30. And then the FX and FXX package was another $30. So right there, I only want to watch two goddamn channels and I'm paying $110. Yep. Right? And the streaming kind of fixed that until now where it's like everybody and their dog has a fucking streaming service and it's becoming too much. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I'm curious how this actually plays out. Mm-hmm. Like what it's what it's going to be. I mean, if it's if it's more creator focused, I think that's good, because um, then maybe you can take more risks and do things that you normally wouldn't have been able to do. But but who knows? With a deal this big, we're not going to see the effects of it for a year or two. So yeah, um, by the time all the shit comes into play, but yeah, yeah, see how it goes. Yeah. So it looks like Jennifer Jason Lee is doing audiobooks now, eh? Yeah. And she's going to do, uh, narrate Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as an audiobook, which as someone that listens to a lot of audiobooks, I think this is cool. I, I will... hit and miss on the audiobooks. Oh, fair enough. Some, some I listen to, some I don't. It also depends on like the narrator. Like if you get a really shit narrator, it's like almost not like you can't listen to it. No, I've tried to go back and listen to some of Stephen King's like earlier works, and oh. I don't know who the fuck they hired for those, but it's like, yeah, I'm not doing this. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. Stephen King, I find the narrators are hit and miss. Yeah. But uh, I think this is cool. I mean, I'm curious. Is there parts of Once Upon a Holly, like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood that weren't in the movie that'll be in this book? Or is it just going to be a straight kind of like... Script read? Yeah, like I'm curious what that's going to be. And I mean, being like Tarantino, I could see it totally just being a fucking script read because that's weird and seems like something he would do. Yeah, I don't know. Because like he's turning the script into a two-part novel and she's going to read the two-part novel. So I also find it interesting that Tarantino decided like out of all of his works, he's going to take the screenplay for this and turn it into a novel. So I would imagine it would be, it's going to be more than a script read, right? Like he's going to actually do it as a novel and maybe this is the future for Tarantino. Like he's always talking about, I'm only doing X amount of movies and I'm done and then this and that. And so like maybe going forward, Tarantino's like, I'm going to be the new Stephen King. Maybe. But then I can see him writing a fucking novel. And then being like, oh man, this would be so good on screen. All right, I'm going to make this into a movie. Yeah. I know, I, I think I've read that he wants to do, he wants to do some TV stuff, which I fucking HBO. How about you give Tarantino a call and do an eight episode series? Yes, I'd be into that. Yeah. 
but uh i'm i'll check this out this is an easy sell for me but it's cool that she's narrating it mm-hmm. like they actually have someone from from the cast so so yeah and then parks and rec so their band is gonna the band from it is gonna actually release music yes what this is i'm excited about that because it's legit the dudes from the fucking show yeah this is cool including chris pat like yeah they're releasing a mouse rat album so like i'm i'm into this because there actually were a few songs that quote unquote mouse rat did in the fucking show where i was like that's kind of catchy yeah that's actually like passably good for like a tv show yeah so for them to actually like get all those dudes together and put together a legit mouse rat album and release it like yeah august 27th i can't wait like i'll be fucking adding that to my spotify queue immediately yeah yeah this is cool i'm yeah this is a weird thing that like i'm curious who signed off on this because it seems like something that like wouldn't normally be done no so it's like maybe chris pratt had this weird idea and he was like i wonder if they'll let me do that and they went, hey, you're Chris Pratt. We'll let you do anything you want. Yeah, but, at the end of the day, I don't really care who fucking signed off on it. No. The bottom line is someone signed off on it and I am in. Yeah. I am fucking in. Yeah. I'll I'll check this out. That's cool. Ugh. We've got Arnold Schwarzenegger and Monica Barbaro doing a spy series at Netflix. Yeah. I'm kind of into this. Yeah, I don't know. Hour-long drama, eight episodes. It's created by the same people who did Jack Reacher and The Fugitive, so, I mean, that gives me yeah a little bit of uh, interest. Yeah, that's kind of why I was, like, intrigued. I was like, hmm, is this maybe, like, a kind of serious spy thing with with Arnie? If so, yeah. I'm all right with that. Yeah, like, so- uh, So, well, it it sounds kind of intriguing. Like it centers around a father and a daughter who learn that they've been secretly working as CIA operatives for years, and then they realize their entire relationship has been a lie, and they truly don't know each other. And then yep. they have to team up as partners. And yeah, it almost seems like Mr. And Mrs. Smith, but without yeah. the marriage. So yeah, father daughter yeah. kind of stuff. Which I think if done right, I think I think it'd be good. But I think that's the key is doing it right. Yeah, I'm going to all wait for a trailer. I'm curious. I'm curious. Yeah, me too. I think this is a, a case of like, this is interesting, but I need to see something before I invest in it. So, mm-hmm. but yeah. And then in exciting news, the uh, the team that did The Wire is doing a new kind of cop detective show with a bunch of people. John Bernthal, uh, Jess Charles, and Jamie Hector. And I like that cast, and I really like The Wire. So, I mean, The Wire was okay. The Wire was amazing. I'm sure it was amazing in the 90s. It <laughs> does not age well. Fair enough. It does not age well at all, especially in the modern era of technology, my personal opinion. Fair enough. Because I think I watched it way too fucking late. Yeah. But that being said, have after watching The Wire, 
my first thought was, man, this would be such a great show if it was done modern fucking time. So the idea of this does excite me. I am, however, a little less excited seeing that it's only a six hour limited series. Yeah. Yeah. So it seems like it'll be a one and done kind of thing, which, Mm -hmm. yeah, I, I would want a more serialized, like here's four seasons. Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, but I mean, at the same time, I'm all right with a little limited series, but I'm sure it'll be good. Well, and like, I would have liked it to be more of like the drug stuff too. And this one's going to follow the department's Baltimore police department's gun trace task force. Yeah. Which I'm, I'm sure could be exciting in its own, but like, I just want the wire redone as of right now. Like I want a fucking 2021, the wire. Yeah, I think if if they, I mean, even if you like shot for shot redid the wire, but just in modern times, I, I think it would. That that's a story that holds up. It's just the time that it was in, right? Doesn't hold up. Yeah, because I mean, they're using like beepers and like weird fucking dishes and these like CCTV cameras and shit. Like, if you were to do the wire and do it now in the era of like hacking like nest cams and fucking planting legit like wireless bugs and fucking facial technology and shit like that like you could get some yeah pretty crazy stuff yeah some weird deep fake shit but, i mean I'm, I'm still into it i'm still gonna check it out yeah which i, I just thought of this because i said deep fake but i saw a really convincing tom cruise one that someone did on deep fucking internet where he was like washing dishes or something and i was like these deep fakes are kind of getting to the point where it's like that's oh, frightening how fucking good it looks that dude's tiktok channel it's all of it is is tom cruise deep fakes oh, and they're it? pretty fucking crazy yeah yeah like it yeah they're getting like frightening like it's frightening to look at like oh wow someone could just turn my face into something which yeah. i really want them to redo face off with this Nick Cage and like the same people, but then it's just weird deep fakes. I'd be into that. I want that. I know the internet has talked about that, but I don't know if they're going to do it, but that would be fantastic. Yeah. Like don't change anything. Just make it weird deep fakes. <laughs> but, but yeah, I'm excited about this. Yeah, I'm too. I'll definitely check it out. I see uh bat girl. Just got their directors, the guys who did Bad Boys for Life. Yeah, which I liked Bad Boys for Life. I don't know that I would have chose them for a Batgirl. But yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I it's mean, also, th- and it, like I see, it's being written by Christina Hodson. She's the one who did Birds of Prey, and she's the one who wrote the upcoming Flash movie, which. Birds of Prey was great, so. Okay, but let's, like, to be fair, Birds of Prey was good for what it was. As yeah. far as, like, a fucking superhero movie, yeah, it was, I, didn't, I didn't think it was that great. No, because I don't think it tried to be that either. No. Which is what I think made it good, but. I'm also curious what, what the story that they do with Batgirl, like, can we stop doing fucking origin stories as the first movie and just like get right into it? Like, is, yeah, is this just be... going to be an origin story? You know, cause if that's the case, I, I don't really care. 
It was fine for a while, but considering they reboot these big time superheroes like every fucking three to five years, I don't I don't need an hour and a half long origin story every time you decide to reboot Batman. Nope. Nope. They need to stop and like I mean, just do what Spider Man did. Everyone knows how we got it. They just did one line in the movie with Tom Holland being like, Yeah, so it's like a spider just bit you and he was like, Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly like, exactly or do a legit tie-in fucking series like yeah build up batgirl becoming batgirls as like a mini series on hbo go and then have her same actress though i want to point this out dc <laughs> use the same fucking actress yeah have her then do a batgirl fucking film yeah like falcon and the winter soldier it yes for the love of god yes keep some fucking continuity between your goddamn actors that's yeah. my biggest fucking gripe with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. I, I I fucking really hope this is an origin story. Unless they do it in the vein of like it's an origin story and then it ends kind of like uh, Killing Joke style. Like if they did it that way maybe. Or it ends. Yeah. Like if they do it in an origin story where she ends up being like shot and then turns into Watchtower, I'd be kind of alright with that. But uh, I don't know. Do something. Tie it in. Like their DC universe is just a fragmented fucking disaster. It's just a it's a dumpster fire. No, so. it, it's yeah, it absolutely is. Like it's just hot, steaming garbage. Yeah, and like some of it is good, but like nothing. Yeah, they constantly announce stuff and then abandoned it. To fucking yet they were making movies based on those plans and then they abandoned those and it's like. Yeah, or then they do like, oh yeah, we want Flash and Batgirl and stuff, but we already have TV series with no-name actors because they cost less, and then those stories are different than the fucking movie stories, but somehow the TV stories and the movie stories are actually all the same because it's part of a fucking multiverse yeah. that doesn't actually tie together, and it just, yeah. it just frustrates the shit out of me, and then... As soon as one of them becomes unsuccessful or doesn't make the returns they want, they cancel it, they wait a year, and then they fucking reboot it. And you got like 18 different fucking people playing Batman, and there's six different fucking people playing Superman, and you got, well, there's this Flash and this Flash and this Flash, and it's just like, it's it's a fucking nightmare. Yep. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't... You know, like you want to know how Marvel makes such big returns on their universe is because there's fucking blow to it. Like it's, yeah, you know what I mean. It's, like it's, it's cohesive. It was like planned in a specific way, and they spent the resources and the time to make it that way. And they didn't diverge from the plan that they started day one. Yeah, and there's continuity. So you yeah. sign one of these guys up, and you're like, hey. Yeah, we're signing you on for this, but this contract is for four movies, and we'll give you a little bit of a pay bump with each, with each fucking movie. And yep. You lock them in for that plan, and it feels like DC's like, hey, we need someone to play Batgirl. You want to do it? Cool. I don't know what's going to happen, so I'll sign you up for one movie. Yeah. And then fucking four years down the road, they're like, oh, you know what? That Batgirl movie was pretty good. Let's make a universe out of it. Hey, do you want to come back? Oh, no, you got other shit on the go? Okay, yeah. cool. I guess we'll just fucking pretend the last Batgirl movie didn't happen, and we'll make a new one. Yep. 
Like it's like this, no one there knows how to look into the fucking future. And the sad part is, is they've known this for so oh, long. Yeah. yeah. They've known that their universe is shit compared to Marvel's. Yeah. But they still don't formulate a plan. They still just keep throwing out fucking DC properties and like, we don't care if it ties in. Just throw out a DC movie. Batgirl. Yeah. yeah let's do it. Let's do a new Batman. How about the Flash? Cool. Yep. Let's throw out a new one of these. None of them link together. None of them tie fucking back. And then people just don't care because it's mm-hmm. like, well, which Batman am I watching? Yeah. How does that relate to this? Yeah. They they need someone. They need a Kevin Feige is what they need. They need someone to like have an office with a big wall that's like, here's the map to fucking Avengers Endgame. Yeah. Or you know what they could do? Fucking give me a call and I can sort <laughs> yeah. this out for fuck's sakes. Yeah. That'd be like, my I dream did, job. This genuinely doesn't does not come across like it's a complicated endeavor. No. Nuke your fucking universe right now and we will start from scratch and rebuild. And because I'm a no-name with no experience, obviously they would never hire me. But you know who they could very easily give a call? Who I think would be nothing but ecstatic to help build a DC universe? And someone who probably knows the DC universe better than any individual who works at fucking DC? Kevin Smith? Yes. (laughs) Like the guy has a full two hour podcast he does weekly just dedicated to Batman. Yep. Yep. The dude owns a comic book store. Like what the fuck are you guys doing over there? Yeah. Yeah. My hope would be that like with this Flash movie they would reset everything and go in with a dedicated plan but I don't think that's what's going to happen at all. No they're just going to use it so they can keep doing this weird fucked up fragmented piece of shit universe and then just oh well no it is the universe it's the multiverse and you're like nope that's just your fucking cop out way of not wanting to put any time effort or resources into doing this properly and that is why Marvel will forever financially smash the shit out of every fucking DC movie you can only keep going so far on the goodwill of people who love the Batman and Superman characters Eventually, you're going to get to a point where they're like, okay, cool. So there's been 15 fucking Batman movies and granted some of them were good and some of them were not good. Shout out to Tim Burton for making the worst ones, in my personal opinion. Hey. But eventually you're going to lose that goodwill and people are going to be like, oh, and another fucking Batman. Like, I don't fucking care. Yeah. And then I think you couple it too with like, they really aren't in tune with what the audience wants. Like they seem to just not care. Like look at the reaction to like the Snyder cut and how hard it was for him to make that. And people were like, we want more of that. And they're like, we're not going to do more of that. And people are like, but we'll watch that. And they're like, no. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. Way to go, DC. I don't know. Maybe you guys should start fucking dropping the axe on some of your high execs because you guys are making some terrible, terrible decisions. And you're looking at this through... I mean, it's a business. I get it. But it doesn't even look like you're looking at it through a business perspective. You're not looking at this whole universe from a fan's perspective. You're certainly not looking at it through a business perspective because if you are looking at it through a business perspective, you'd realize that your number one priority... Should be to make the fans fucking happy and excited to see it. Yep. Yep. Because they're the ones who pay to watch this shit. Yep. You fucking. Yeah. End of rant. Yeah. Maybe maybe with the merger now. Like now that it's spun off into that 
discovery thing. Maybe now they'll actually fucking get someone to spearhead it. Um, my concern is with this new spinoff and like giving more emph- emphasis on creators. They're just going to start selling IPs to people. Like someone will be like, oh, you know what? I like this character. I want to do a standalone. And they'll be like, yeah, sure. Fuck it. Just yeah. like what's Kinda his what name did with the Joker. Yeah. And like Robert Pattinson, Batman. Like that yeah. seems to be its own kind of thing. Yeah. I think it's just going to be they're going to start licensing out fucking character IPs to anyone who wants to make a movie. Yeah. Which like I the Joker was a great movie. So like that's a case where it works. But like at the same time, there's tons of other ones where it totally won't. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, well, that just anyway. ended in shitting on DC uh, films, but whatever. Yeah. Get, your, get get their shit together. Yeah, but moving on, and also kind of speaking of fucking DC. <laughs> yeah, Jeremy Irvin has just joined HBO Max's Green Lantern series. Yes, as gay hero Alan Scott. Yes. All right yeah. then, yeah. And I did you didn't you watch that Born TV show? Redstone. I, I liked it. Was he good in it? He was. Okay. He was very good in it. Because I haven't seen him in anything. So. Yeah, that'd be about the only thing I can think of. Yeah. I'm. I really want them to do a good Green Lantern show because there is so much potential. There is, but they've got like, I don't know massive hurdles to get over to try and remove how shitty the last Green Lantern movie was from everybody's fucking mind. Uh, Yes. You know it's bad when the guy who acted in that is doing a Marvel movie and directly references himself shooting himself in the face before he does that project. Like, you know it's bad then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just hope that with this fucking series that if they decide they're gonna, like, do a Justice League with the Green Lantern, they use the same fucking actor. Yeah, yeah, especially, yeah. I, I heads up, they probably won't. I know this Green Lantern isn't the main Green Lantern in Justice League. There's like fucking ten Green Lanterns, <sighs> so they're just gonna do this as a TV show, and then they'll get Hal Jordan in the Justice League, and he'll be a totally different actor. Do <laughs> uh, you see? You give me a fucking headache. Yeah. Yeah, I I hope this is a good show because see, the Green Lantern shit is ripe for good TV. Like, it's such a big part of that universe. You know, if you do it right, you know. And, and we're in a really, really good spot right now with what people can do with special effects and CGI. Yeah, like, look at all the uh, shit Mandalorian does with the fucking Unreal tech and the big LCD screen just behind them, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's cheaper, it looks just as good, and it cuts your production time, like, in fucking half. So, yeah. But, yeah. I'll we'll have to see how that plays out. Yeah. And then in uh, some more DC news, they're going to make an Injustice animated movie. Which I'm excited about because it's eh. it's basically the way all the wasteland stuff from Zack Snyder's Justice League. That's basically the storyline of it. Yeah, but if you're not into animated stuff, then no, I I gave up on the animated Batman's years and years and years ago. Yeah, I still check a few of them out, but I mean, I'm sure it'll be good. I'm sure it has lots of potential. I can't say that I'm dying to see it though. Yeah, 
I, the plot of it is really cool. It's like essentially what if fucking the Joker killed a pregnant, like got Superman to kill a pregnant Lois Lane. And then Superman just fucking snaps and goes like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to take over the world. And that's the whole plot. So it's, it's, it's an inter- interesting premise for sure. I, but I, yeah, the animated action hero stuff just n- hasn't really been in my wheelhouse. That's fair. That's fair. But this just uh, also when I read this too, this just made me want more of that Zack Snyder Wasteland stuff, especially because when he was talking about it, the second Justice League would have basically been just that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was the worst part about his, I guess, recut is it gave us a tease of what we can never have. Yeah. So, yeah, that definitely was a bit of a letdown. Yeah. So. Hmm. Well, and in more uh, Knives Out news, Kate Hudson. Yeah. I what? What's the last thing she was in? I don't know. I, I genuinely don't know. I think she's just been too busy promoting her female empowerment athletic wear. Yeah, because like I was trying to think. I was like, what's the last thing Kate Hudson has been in? And I was like, oh, right. I remember seeing an ad for like some fucking workout gear by her. Yeah. And I was like... So maybe she just was done with movies and now she's like, oh, actually Knives Out is maybe what I come back for. Yeah, maybe. Because she's, she's a good actor. Yeah, no, I got nothing against her at all. So, I mean, I think this is, like we've talked about more, this is just more great. The key to the Knives Out movie was a great cast. So adding more good people is exactly what you need to do to make it work. So. Yeah, someone give Ben Affleck a call and get him on that flick, too. Ooh. That'd be interesting. And then let's throw some Matt Damon in there for good measure. You know what? Just fucking take the Ocean's Eleven cast. And do Knives Out? Yeah. yeah I'd be into that. Yeah. I mean, less Bernie Mac, R.I.P. Yeah. True. Yeah. And then Rebecca Ferguson is doing a, another Apple show. Which, what's the plot for this one? Is this another pretentious one from Apple? I don't know. I I pretty much don't pay much attention to the stuff that Apple puts out because none of it has really rocked my fucking world. No. No. Like- Although I, I have All for Mankind in the queue as well as uh, Mythic Quest. I just haven't gotten around to watching either, though. Yeah. For All Mankind is great. This one seems like it's kind of some underground society kind of thing, which, uh, eh. yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah she's I, in a new show. It's on Apple uh, TV. That's yeah. all you need to know. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I, I I like her, but so yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. All yeah. right. Well, I guess uh, I guess moving on then. Henry Cavill is uh, possibly going to be doing a Highlander reboot. Yeah. This could be fucking cool. Yeah, I'd be interested. I mean, Highlanders, I don't remember much of original Highlander, but I mean, he's, it's, was Highlander sci-fi or was that something else? I don't know if it was really sci-fi. Or was it more man, it's like been, it's Sword been a, and Shield? It's been a really, really long time. 
Like, I'm, like there can be only one. I'm pretty sure that's Highlander, yeah. but I, I honestly, yes. fuck, it's so long ago, man. Yeah, I don't remember shit about it. Yeah, so an immortal swordsman must confront the last of his immortal opponent. And I guess that's kind of the plot, so... I mean... I'm down for this. Because it would be kind of like him doing more of the Witcher-style stuff, and he mm -hmm. does really good in that. So, if he kind of does more of that kind of stuff, then mm -hmm. sign me up. Um, but, yeah. I don't remember shit about Highlander, so... Yeah, me neither. But I like Henry Cavill, and I know Highlander yeah. was a big deal, so... I mean, I I chalked this up as a win. Yeah, yeah. I think Highlander ended up getting like that, like cult classic status. I think. Yeah. So. Yeah. But in the most exciting piece of news this week, bar none, Hocus Pocus two. Fuck yeah! Fuck yeah! With the when same I was a fucking kid, man, every Halloween there were two movies we watched every Halloween. One of them was Hocus Pocus. The other one was fucking the Ernest, Ernest Halloween one. Oh, yes. That one's amazing. That's every Halloween for fucking years, man. Yeah. Years. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, a Hocus Pocus 2. 150 million percent on board. I will absolutely be watching this when it comes out. Yep. And the uh, same, same cast. Yeah. So all three are coming back. Yeah. So I, I wonder if they're going to try to franchise this like, hey, here's the older people coming back and then there's like three younger kind of ladies and it's like, hey, now here's the next generation of Hocus Pocus or if they're just like straight up just we're going to do a sequel. I hope it's just a straight up fucking sequel. Me too. And funny, like oddly enough, like watching it all the time like until reading it, like and I never realized that Sarah Jessica Parker was one of them. Oh, right. Like I been... bet Midler was the main one, right? Yeah. I and totally she always heard. stuck out, but like totally forgot Sarah Jessica Parker was, was one of the three witches. Right. Right. I totally also forgot about that. Mind you, it has been like years since I've seen this. Oh yeah, it's been well over a decade minimum for me. Yeah. So. But. Yeah. Super pumped about it. Oh, fuck yeah. Like this is cool. I love when they bring like the same people back too. Like it's mm -hmm. like they're not like recasting it into here's a new age hocus pocus it's like i don't want that yeah shout out to amelia and the new mighty ducks yeah hell yeah almost like disney's got their continuity figured out yeah it's almost like disney knows what they're doing yeah it's all it's why disney is as big as they are they know what to do mm-hmm but i think that's uh that's about it for news yeah we didn't watch too much, but we got two things here that we both watched. Mm-hmm. Crime of the Century. Man, what a fucking epic novel that fucking was on the yeah. screen. Holy, Holy shit. shit. I've am seen amazing, by the way. Yeah. But, like, crazy. I've, I've seen a couple different documentary-type series or documentary films about, like, the opioid, like, epidemic, and so yep. on and so forth, but, like... The behind this, like, never this fucking in depth. Like, yep. it is fucking wild. And it starts off with, you know, Oxycontin and it becoming a thing. That's the first part because it's a two part series. Yep. And then the second part switches gears and goes, like, okay, so after these pharmaceutical companies 
fuck the country up with their oxy. Then they moved on to fucking the country up with fentanyl. Yep. And, and different like, versions of fentanyl. Yeah. And it's crazy. Yeah. And it's like, and what's, what's really crazy is we were watching when uh, the fiance and I were watching the second part, they were talking about how they had that like misting fentanyl misting spray in yep. the mouth yep. and how that it was normally developed for people with, uh, who have like really serious pain from cancer. Yeah. But now it's, they were marketing it as like pain management. So like if for you like a headache. Just, yeah. And like a sore back and shit. And like, so we were watching it in bed and they were talking about how now they were marketing this drug and they say the name of it and they're like, yeah, they started marketing such and such a drug for people who have like headaches and lower back pain and sore muscles. And like my girlfriend shot right the fuck up because she, she's a pharmacy tech right. she in a, in a hospital. So she sees these drugs and she knows these drugs yeah. and she was just like floored. She was yeah. like, are you fucking kidding me? Like she yeah. was just... Stunned oh yeah that this would be used for anything other oh, yeah. than dire dying cancer patients yeah yeah like it's it's fucking insane like uh the one dude from the pharmacy company that knew he was fucked so he was super open about it remember mm -hmm. that guy the head yeah. guy yeah. i actually really liked him just because of how fucking open he was yeah he was pretty straightforward about it all um and like where it gets to the point where they were he was straight up like yeah we were absolutely bribing doctors and here's the email saying like we will give you this much in presentation fees and we expect you to sell this much fentanyl yeah so like, like openly saying that it's like what yeah like the spoilers but no spoilers at the same time but like yeah. that was how these guys were getting doctors to prescribe disturbing amounts of the stuff for normal pain that they shouldn't be because yeah. they were bribing the doctors by offering them speaking roles at yep. presentations within the company. That's That was the legal loophole around this. It was like, hey, we'll pay you half a million dollars to come quote-unquote speak for us. You don't have to do it, but that's what we'll put it down as. But you got to write X amount of scripts for this shit. Yep. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, Like the whole deep dive on like how fucked up it was where it was like, okay, now that our proprietary fentanyl spray is now now that the patent is up we've got to make a new one for headaches and it's just like the kind of process of like going through all of that where it's like all right here's version 2.0 i i think the biggest the biggest like shocking eye reveal or like mind-blowing part of that whole two part was in the first part where they the one dude's wife was in the car crash and they go to a pain management clinic which is run by a doctor and this doctor prescribed her like eight different fucking pills a bunch of different stuff ranging from like oxy to a bunch like a whole bunch of different stuff yeah and she was taking it as per his directions and was like literally like falling asleep while folding laundry yep. and like couldn't even make it to the bed and passing out because she was so fucking high from all these drugs. Yeah. They eventually get her off all these drugs after they go see a normal doctor who doesn't yep. work at a pain management clinic. Yep. And then eventually they go back to the fucking pain management clinic and like, look, she's feeling better. She's not taking all this drugs. And he basically snaps shit and goes, I'm the doctor. I'll tell her what she needs to take. And then she ends up overdosing on this guy's prescriptions. Yeah. It's fucking insane. And then they go in to reveal that this fucking doctor running this pain management clinic, he had something like 15 different patients overdose yep. and fucking die under his watch. Yeah. And he just, 
like no fucking not even an ounce of remorse from this guy didn't feel guilty at all his no. explanation was like hey I tell them to take a very specific amount and if they take so much as one more pill than I tell them to take that's not on me and that's why they're overdosing that's their fault yeah, they're not they, listening and it's like are you fucking kidding me man yeah that, that, anytime that guy was on screen I was like you are a massive cunt I was like you're the worst person ever yeah. like it just because like how straight faced he played it where he was just like I'm doing absolutely nothing wrong and it's like motherfucker you are absolutely killing people yeah and you are just, a gaping piece of shit yeah like it was just like fuck like to just sit there dead faced and be like no I'm a doctor I'm helping people it's like that, no that's not what you're doing no not even a little bit and the other one that really fucking floored me and got me really fucking worked up and i already have very little faith in the political system yeah. was when the fucking dea dea yeah. yeah or atf one of those like things there basically was like a clause that like any manufacturing company of like these bad bad drugs these heavy drugs that if they have a shipment over x amount they have to report it and they found out that this one company was shipping, like, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, was shipping triple, quadruple the amount of fucking, like, oxy and fentanyl out of their warehouse than they normally do. So they did an injunction and got them shut down and kind of clued into the fact that they were, like, getting doctors to overprescribe so that yep. this pharmaceutical company can make money. They paid a fucking fine. And then the pharmaceutical company hired a guy who used to work for the DEA and got him to rewrite the language of this fucking bill so that the DEA couldn't stop these big fucking pharmaceutical co pharmaceutical companies yep. from shipping disturbing amounts of fucking heavy yep. painkillers. Yep. They even say that in the documentary. They're like, the people that are making the policies shouldn't be the people that are selling the stuff. Like, it was like, you're making your own rules. And it's like, that shouldn't happen. Yeah. And and then it was fucking like eye opening because it shows a bunch of the people in Congress who voted to pass this new fucking bill, and then right below every one of their names, it shows them how the much money they, they got. got in political contributions from this big pharma company. Yeah, yeah, and it's like millions of dollars, like every single one of them, like half a million to two million dollars, every single one of them in political donations, and then coincidentally they vote in favor of a bill for the company that's giving them political donations. Like yep. how in 2021 is this still a thing? Especially when you have like the, like one good guy that used to work at the DEA or whatever, literally sitting in front of the makers, like showing like tangible, credible evidence to them and being like, this is what it's doing. Like there's, you can't dispute this. And they're like, ah, it's like, yeah, like it, that's, that's what hurts me the most. Like yeah. it's 2021. Yeah. Granted, this all took place a few years ago when that bill got fucking changed or whatever. Right. Yeah. But it's but still, still, but still, we're like in the golden era of like fucking online digital everything. Everything's reported. We have like incredible investigative journalists the world over. Like, how, how is this still a thing where a, pol a politician can take a million dollars in campaign don donations from a pharmaceutical company? And then be allowed to vote on a bill that the pharmaceutical company is trying to put through. Like, that should be a major conflict of interest, and they shouldn't be yep. allowed to. Like, they need to end the political donation system. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking or there crazy. Should, or there should be a rule. Like, if you're Congress, if you take political campaign donations from any business, you are immediately banned from voting on any bill 
involving involves, any yeah. of these fucking these yeah. these donors. Like it's it's fucking it's sickening, man. It is absolutely yeah. sickening. Like the amount of fucking death and destruction and oh yeah, all because these guys are trying to get rich. And the cherry on top is the in the second part of the documentary, the company that fucked the world over recently with fentanyl. They just pleaded guilty in court to having to pay all these fucking fines for knowingly flooding the market with fentanyl and knowingly getting people addicted to it and causing all this fucking fentanyl problem. But they also filed for bankruptcy. Yeah, that was the that was the fucked up part, too, is like they were like, all right, we'll we'll like settle in court and like pay these people the money. But then they just quietly filed Chapter 11 so that no one can get the money. It's like. <laughs> Yeah, it's just and, like and, and not only do they file for this, but they have to pay off their creditors. And yeah. in order to pay off the creditors, they need to have a source of income coming in. So yep. these motherfuckers file for this bankruptcy bullshit. They're still selling fucking fentanyl so that they can pay off their creditors. And yep. then the people that are actually affected, they're just yep. left by the wayside. Yeah, they're convinced of something like illegal, and then they keep doing that illegal thing to pay the de the debt. It's just like. Yeah, seeing just like how, like that part of it, like even at the beginning where they're like, "Oh, we just got to pay a fine and we can keep doing this." All right, we'll pay the fine. Yeah, it's just Let's like see. we made five billion last year in fentanyl sales. They want us to pay a fifty million dollar fine. <laughs> yeah, okay, let's keep yeah. this fucking train rolling. Yeah, it was just like it's fuck, it's fucking insane. Like, yeah, if you haven't seen it, you really should because it's a it's an eye opener and a half. It is unfucking yeah. real. Yeah, like I, I, like I always knew it was like a problem, but like I never watched anything or read up on it. So like watching this, I was like, "Holy shit!" Like this is fucking insane. Yeah, it's wild, man. It was it was crazy. Um, it, yeah, it was one of the better documentaries I've seen in a good long time. Like super well done. Well, I mean it's HBO, so it's mm -hmm. the HBO quality is there. But well, make sure if you do watch it, you carve some time out because it's only two parts, but it's two hours apart yeah so it's four hours long so and it's yeah it's super good though like i i think this is one of those documentaries that is like easy enough to just tell like anyone you should see it mm -hmm. like no matter what your tastes are you should probably check this out yeah so and prepared to be fucking furious oh yeah like there was times where i was just like fucking yelling at the screen like what it's just like crazy so it's yeah crazy kid mm -hmm. well worth it yeah and then uh we both watched that uh army of the dead Zack snyder thing mm -hmm. what'd you think uh first and foremost i was floored about how well they did digitally removing chris D'Elia and digitally adding tig yes because so, like you couldn't fucking tell man like that no, was a excellent no. job I actually totally forgot about that. And then after I watched the movie, I saw an article like, oh, this is how they digitally did that. And I was like, wait, what? Like that was digital. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Cool. And I, I didn't even know that like when they first announced this, I loosely remembered the casting, but forgot Chris D'Elia mm -hmm. was supposed to be in it. And I was reading an article the other day before I watched it, where it was like Dave Bautista was talking about his time on the film and said that he you know, he never he, met Tig. Yeah, he thought it was weird, and he wished he would have met Tig. And I'm like, they're in the same fucking movie. How'd they not meet? And there's I'm like, oh yeah, shit. Yeah. yeah, there's like scenes of them talking, and it's mm -hmm. like, how did you not meet them? And then I was like, oh, oh fuck. Yeah, that that part was super well done. 
you want to know what is a fucking weird thing fuck netflix or whoever was doing uh the release of that whatever they were shooting on had a dead pixel in it and you can totally see it throughout the whole movie i read about that after the fucking fact right but i did not notice it during the fucking whole movie okay so i noticed it during the movie and i was like is my tv fucked and so like i was like reading online and people were just like nope it's just like there's just a dead pixel and it's like i was like what like it it was like this subtle annoying thing of like there'd be a scene and then like dave batista's chin just had a yellow dead pixel and it was like yeah weird yeah, no, I can't say that I actually <laughs> noticed that. I did read about it after the fact, and I was like, huh, I never noticed that. Yeah, it was like this odd thing where it would like pop up once in a while, and there's just like a nice bright dead pixel, and it was like, come on, come on. But, but other than that, I mean, it was, a, it was a moderately enjoyable movie. Yeah. I can't yeah. say it was my favorite zombie movie of all time, though, if I'm going to be honest. No. No, me neither. Like, I think it was a passable, like, good time zombie movie um that i think they're gonna try to franchise by how they end that movie but and like i'll, I'll watch another one but oh yeah. there's just some stuff that was a little too much for me i was like nah, i don't know about that and i don't know about this and like right off the hop you knew exactly how it was gonna end especially with the beginning where that chick's like i'm coming with you and he's like no you're not and she's like yes i have to go save these other people and i'm like sweet so pretty much everyone in this film is going to get fucking killed because Bautista's trying to save his fucking yep. his daughter. Like yeah, Jesus absolutely. Christ. Yeah. And like sorry, spoiler alert, but that's exactly how it played out. Yeah. And it's yeah. just like, oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, I think some of that part was was definitely where it fell apart is like, okay. Yeah. I think the moment to moment like action zombie like set pieces, I think those were done. Like they looked good and they, they all of that stuff. So like that part was good, but like the in-between parts, I think there like was, where they tr try to tell a story. I think that part is not that good. There is one part that genuinely bothers me and I'm probably being fucking extremely nitpicky about it, but, and again, spoiler alert, I'm sorry, heads up. When they finally get into the fucking vault and then Super Zombie shows up and then that German dude throws the black dude in there and closes the door so that he's safe. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Oh, I might have this nitpicky part too. Is it how he comes back later? Yes. Yeah. So, so you're, you're telling me that this fucking vault on the top floor of like a 50-story hotel, they nuke the entire city yeah. and this massive concrete fucking vault falls 50 stories into the ground and that dude just opens the vault and then walks out of it like oh shit that was wild throw some money on his back and then walks through a nuclear radiated yeah. wasteland yeah. completely fucking fine yeah that yeah. was my gripe and i don't know why but like i'm like okay that motherfucker's he'll come out of that vault but then they got nuked and i'm like okay well radiation and yeah. you know a 50 story fall in a fucking concrete box like that guy's dead yeah, and then the end of the movie comes, and he just like opens the door and climbs out with some fucking money. I'm like, no, no. I get that this is zombies. We're not basing anything in realism, but that's too fucking much for me. Yes, even as like I think you know that like my definition of like this needs to make sense is pretty loose as someone that loves Gerald Butler action movies. Yeah, but even that part had me like, wait, what? Like, 
You just walk into a fucking radiation zone after a building collapsed onto a vault and you just open the door and it's like, oh, nice day. I guess I'll take this cash down the strip and fucking peace out. And it's like, what? What? Yeah, you wouldn't even make it more than like 15 fucking feet before the radiation killed you. Well, not you only wouldn't that. even make it out. You'd like you'd be dead. You'd be scrambled eggs inside a fucking concrete cube. Yeah, like 30 stories of a building fell onto the vault that you were in. You're not getting out of that, period. No. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah that part that, was like, fucking what? That part really, really bugged me. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But I think like overall, like the action stuff, like that's what I went in for it and like it delivered on that stuff. Mm -hmm. I will say my expectations were a little bit higher coming from like Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead. Like I love that movie that he did. That Was that the one where they're on top of the mall? Yeah. Yeah. I I like that one a lot. Like to me, that is like peak zombie movie. Good times. It's like that movie. Like I've seen it probably a dozen times. Like I love it. I haven't seen it that many. I seen. I would argue like the best zombie movies were like twenty eight days later, twenty eight weeks later. Oh yeah, those are good. I think that's those movies are like we're gonna make a serious zombie movie, and then like Dawn of the Dead is like here's a good campy action time. <sighs> like I, I know I'm gonna get flack for fucking saying this, but I'm not gonna lie to you. Like, don't get me wrong, Zack Snyder is an amazing like writer and director. But like when I go back and I look at his catalog, like I was not overly impressed with this movie. The original yeah. Justice League, granted, Whedon took over. Yeah, Justice League was better, like the Snyder cut, but it still wasn't a phenomenal superhero movie. No. And then I look at like Sin City 2, I thought was terrible. The yeah. first Sin City, I liked it, but only yeah. because it was unique. It was different, but it yeah. still wasn't a mind blowing fucking, no. no, a mind blowing thing. Like, I mean, I'm starting to fucking really question how I feel about Zack Snyder as a fucking director on the fucking whole. So here's what I think I would say about Zack Snyder is he makes really good stylistic movies that look good and have great action set pieces, but anything to do with the story usually falls apart. Yeah, but if he's being a fucking director, then like there should be writers that can fix that shit. You would think. And, like, I didn't mind Batman v Superman, but, again, wasn't super-duper awesome. I did like Man of Steel, and I did like Sucker Punch. Yeah. Uh, the Watchmen movie, that was good, but after seeing how they did it on a TV show, I thought it was way better. Oh, yeah, for sure. 300? Yeah, I'm sorry, people. I didn't really give a fuck about 300. 300 was, like, all right, but it wasn't like this, oh, my God, this is an amazing thing. Yeah, and, and Dawn of the Dead, that was good. I did thoroughly enjoy that one. So, I mean, I'll, I'll give it to I'll give that to him, but yeah. I don't know. I'm, like, after seeing all of it, and it's not that they're bad movies, but they're just not, amazing. his directorial yeah. style is just, it's a, not really for me. I think yeah. the days, especially after having seen Army of the Dead now, I think the days where I get hyped on Zack Snyder's next project are long gone. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I would agree. I would agree. And it, seeing it too, like I almost had this feeling of like I want, I want good zombie stuff to come back, like because mm-hmm. it seems like it took a break. Like Walking Dead was like the pinnacle of like when it was good, and then it got shit. Um, and now this, it's like I kind of just want like a good zombie show. Yeah. And it, what my dream would be. <clears throat> 
would be is if they actually did the World War Z book correctly as a TV show. Because the book is like discrete stories about the zombie apocalypse and it tells it very uniquely. So it tells like different aspects of the world. So like it'll have two chapters where it talks about like people that work in a radio communications tower in the zombie apocalypse and how that works. Then a few chapters will be like focused on here's a dude in Egypt. And then a few chapters focus on like here's people that have to dive into a boat bay to clean out the zombies so that they can use boats for stuff and it's really good and really well done mm-hmm. and i think that as a tv show would be um really good but yeah but, yeah i mean it i think it's worth a watch if you want something yeah if you're just like, looking for some like mindless action if you're in the tune of like i just want to be entertained a la fast and the furious mm-hmm but I think if you're going in with like kind of expectations that this is like him kind of making another Dawn of the Dead style thing and hoping it is that quality, then I think you'll be disappointed. So, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's really all I saw this week. Yeah. That's all I got too. All right. Well, then uh, I'll catch you on the next one. Yeah, and uh, as always, if you have any questions for us, fire us off an email at uh, tuning through the static. Same on Twitter. Other than that, I got nothing else. All right, later. Later. <laughs>